0: It's
1: a, it's, a it's a film with three brains. It's a film with three brains. It's a film with three brains.
2: It's a film with three brains. It's a film with three brains. It's a film with three brains. Oh my God, you guys are freaks.
0: Every day, Jacob Singer goes to work. What's wrong? Oh, it's just one of those days. And every day he wonders what is happening to him. there is the pressure, Jake. They're like demons, Jeff. They
2: weren't human.
1: What were they, Jake?
2: Then look at your hand. Yeah, you a very strange line. See according to this, you're already dead. Where are you
0: taking me? Where am I? Where do
2: you want to go? home. This is your home. You're dead. I'm not dead. What
1: are you then? I'm oh, alive. Hello and welcome to the film with Free Brains. This is Sean in Chicago. And
2: I'm Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And it's the Sam who didn't pick Ge- Beetlejuice in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were duped.
1: Not duped. You were kazoomed. <laughs> Or something yeah. by Cohen. Cohen's last pick.
0: You're hornswoggled.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, Jacob's Ladder is a 1990 psychological horror type movie directed by Adrian Lin. And it is uh, kind I don't know if it's not set in Vietnam, but it deals with Vietnam, among other things. And um, what was I going to say about it? Well, first of all, if you have never joined us, welcome. This is a <laughs> podcast about movies from nineteen seventy five to nineteen ninety nine which roughly corresponds to our childhood and um yeah, I think this is one of those movies that um you don't watch very often for for various reasons, but uh, I hadn't seen it since though you know i think college as when I saw it. I didn't see it in the theater, but um I haven't seen it since, and so it was good to revisit. I think Cohen said, did you see it in the theater or something?
0: I don't remember. I know I've seen it before. Um, and I know I saw it around the time it came out. I would guess I probably saw it in the theater. But I have no specific recollection of seeing it in the theater. Yeah. But I probably did.
1: I just know I didn't because I didn't see it till my freshman year of college. So that would have been like ninety two, ninety three, 93, something. 92. Mm. Um, Sam, you have any memories about watching it or... Shall we uh out?
2: no i remember i think i saw it on vhs um so i think i was saying i, re, I, I kept associating with serpent and the rainbow which i, I think i also watched on vhs uh, at the same yeah, time. yeah yeah that so yeah i was watching it and i didn't remember a lot of it i remembered some of it and then of course you know uh i'm sure we'll get to it later but why wait till later when i could mention <laughs> now that the Quote is in the Radiohead song "Rabbit in the Headlights." That as soon as I as the movie kept going, I was like, "Oh, I know, I know where this is going," and I knew hmm. it was building up to that quote. And then I, but I didn't remember what happened, you know, after that. But um, I've heard that quote a million times. Do we? Uh, is it a spoiler or something? Do you? Because uh, I'm no. blanking on the on the
1: "Rabbit in the Headlights."
0: And I definitely what? don't know. As oh, a self-proclaimed well, Radiohead I a song, hater. But <laughs> Yeah, self-proclaimed. So <laughs> <laughs> no one else proclaimed it for you. <laughs> several, several people have taken note.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, no, the 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 um, if you're uh, just wait a second. Let me get to. I don't want to misquote the quote <laughs> of that, but paraphrase. Okay, if you're frightened of dying and. And you're holding on. You'll see devils tearing your life away. Mm. But if you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels, freeing you from the earth.
1: That's yeah. the quote. So it's almost Danny Aiello's um, te- uh, uh, line.
2: Yes. You Before don't... You know, I assume that you would have been, like, all over that. I, it's... Wrapping the headlights is a, is a lesser known... I don't even
1: know Here. which... I mean... Sound familiar? Oh, uh, the song I know. I mean, but all oh, right. And, and then so the, the drums song, come you know in. You don't remember the quote?
2: It's yeah, it's the lyric that I meant. Listen to. All right. Well, it's the actual quote from the movie. It's not that okay, Tom so they York were says specific. It. He actually plays Danny Aiello. Oh,
1: voice. the sample. It's a sample. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. I should have. I should have remembered that. Guilty as charged. I I I get ten demerits on my Radiohead VIP card, but I'm still in good standing. I think. Anyway, the point is that that it fits. (laughs) This movie is a very you know right up Radiohead's alley. You know, with its imagery, it's creepy, it's confusing. Oh, yeah, it's a lot they of could the stuff to do this soundtrack
2: like <laughs> like if Radiohead wanted to do like hey we we made a album to a movie, they could totally do this movie
1: hmm well, anyway, um it starts in the jungle of Vietnam and a a single unit that Tim Robbins is part of, and um things kind of go haywire there's you know there's sort of a surprise attack, we don't really know what the heck happened um he gets tim robbins gets stabbed and then we cut to new york and then the entire movie is kind of him trying to figure out what the hell is going on and he sees various things uh frightening disturbing things and he gets he tries to seek help from various places and um yeah i mean i don't know i don't know how to really what's the biggest takeaway from the plot
2: Do we need do we need to well okay so we always uh we we always warn warn everyone that we reveal crap so yes you don't want to hear this spoilers hot all the time yes right so i think the thing you're missing on is this whole idea that they were exposed to some sort of drug or experimented on Mm -hmm. and so as he meets up with the people who are still alive from his platoon and find that they also are having um you know, these visions and that, that they keep going back to this idea that, that, that they were exposed to something, um, which I think, so I thought, oh, that was really cool. I was like, oh, you know, like their, their brains all frying at the same time. Like, I like that idea. What did you guys think of this ending now that we've seen this sort of ending a number of times, including the sixth sense, uh, since then? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh I so that that's sort of a bigger question for me cuz um I I found myself a little bored watching this and I'm not quite sure why. Like I think it, like I can't put my finger on any one thing I don't care for in it. Like everything's done well and my only theory is that it's just because if we've seen by this by now we've seen so many things like it, you know, that mm-hmm. it, it, it's like well yeah he's probably dead you know and i could i didn't remember how it ended by the way i don't remember and i do remember i i I remember not really but now here's the other thing i remember not really caring for it much the first like when it came out but i had no memory why i just just had this like this feeling like i had this memory that i didn't really like it all that much or or like it was fine it it made no impact on me i was like that's fine and so watching it again, I, I had the exact same feeling. I'm like, "This is, this is fine. Like I, it, it's, it's OK. I, you know I didn't hate it, but I also didn't really like it that much. And so I was thinking, maybe it's because of that, but then it, why didn't I like it the first time? I, I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. I have, no, said- I have no real criticism of it, because I feel like it's well <laughs> made across the board. I just yeah. it just doesn't come together for me mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Like I didn't find it that unsettling. Um, I didn't find it that interesting. I, I don't know. And maybe maybe yeah. the reasons I, I didn't care for it that much the first time are completely different than why now now maybe it's just because like you said M Night Shyamalan and, and and many other people like Lost always keeps coming to mind because even though the showrunners for the whole time are like they're not dead they're not dead they're not dead right, right up until the last episode when, well, guess what yeah they're fucking dead you know <laughs> so yeah, it's it, like, like it's become a bit of a cop out you know it's like for, you know it, for a long time it was oh it was all a dream. You know, that was, that was the cop out in TV and movies. Right. So now it's, now it's, oh, well, they were dead the whole time. The wisdom you know, movie. And, and part part of that is M. Night, part of that's lost. Like, you know, so it's not no, it's no fault of the film. It's, uh, you know, uh, just, you, I don't know. Just. Uh. Okay. Well, I have, I have two <laughs> things to say about that.
1: First, you yeah. said impact. And and that made me remember that when I first saw it, it did leave an, it didn't leave an impression on me. I, I thought it was disturbing. Yeah. Um. I thought. I thought it was, yeah, it was freaky in an in an interesting way. Um, this time around, I it wasn't as disturbing, and I like, like you said, I think we've seen a lot of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. We've seen scarier stuff. We've seen right, and
0: more, it's also it's also know. inspired a lot. Like yeah, the imagery from this movie is inspired a lot of, of of media, particularly Silent Hill video game yeah. series and and other TV and movies. So like, it's not it's no fall of its own. That we've seen it before or, you know, we've yeah. seen imagery like it and it affects maybe the way we feel about the movie. And 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 in fact, it's it, it, you could look at it more as a pioneer
2: mm.
0: suffering from everything that came after. It's interesting that you didn't remember the ending because I couldn't put out of my
1: mind. I kept pushing it out of my mind like I know how it ends. That's that's one of the few things I did remember. It was like, I know how this is going to end. Um, it doesn't ruin it for me, but. Like I said, I it was in the back of my mind, and I and I kept pushing it away. Like, just don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. And, <laughs> um, but I don't I don't think it's it's certainly not as bad as, um, wisdom with, um, oh, uh, yeah, uh, Emilio Estevez because well, that's yeah. that just that that's a complete cop out. It's just saying, the whole thing was just a thought experiment. Well, this is this isn't quite that. <laughs> you talk about um, wisdom, did you? Say yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. we're talking <laughs> about wisdom. That, that, that's the ultimate like you know I, I remember we had we had a creative writing class if you guys remember like in sixth grade or something and the i can't remember who the teacher was but they were like somebody had a a, a dream sequence might have been one of us i don't know mm-hmm. and and that the you know the comment was yeah that's that's it's kind of a, a you know uh you know a cop-out but it's an, whatever you, whatever word you want to put to it it's it's kind of uh cheating or something it's just not interesting to mm-hmm. the to the reader right. and it's it, because you can't think of an ending you know right if you can't if you write your characters into a corner and you can't have yeah, there's no way out then you just say oh well <laughs> it didn't happen i don't think that's the case with this movie i think it's more that you have to decide what you know chronologically there's there's some things that don't fit there's some you know things that couldn't happen necessarily but also, there's just, you know, him coming and going back and forth between um, his, his pre like, there's scenes where he's, in his previous life, he sees his son Gabe, who's supposed to be dead before he even goes to war, um, who is uncredited Macaulay Calkin, by the way. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, that stuff doesn't really add up to anything, except for, con- it serves to confuse you and confuse him as the main character. And I don't mind that, because I think it, I think it does serve the, the overall purpose which is you know a sort of a i don't know an exploration of life and death and with you know with some government conspiracy stuff thrown in there um and it certainly doesn't leave you wanting for an explanation because she, like we've talked about what Jacob's ladder actually is what what they <coughs> what the experiments were you know doing to them as soldiers and as people like that that stuff we assume did happen you know these we do get an answer at the end you might yeah. not like it but it is an answer and that's the answer he's seeking I don't think it's as effective because you because you don't really there's no way out you know like there's no I mean at least we get we, at least we know why this is you know where where it's going and and who did what you know the chemist and all that stuff um but ultimately I think it's i I like all the heaven and hell stuff. I guess the imagery, yeah. the, the way that the, the, you know, the rubbing the headlights bit, the, the, all that stuff that, that makes you kind of, um, ponder what it means to be alive or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't Not everything is that poignant or, or perfect or anything. It's, but, but, but there's a lot to think about, I guess, which I like, yeah. but as an ending, yeah, yeah. it's, it's not great. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think the ending kind of of ruins it because, you know, okay, so you guys know I love Donnie Darko. It has that similar sort of ending, like here's what would have happened if you lived, here's what happened if you died. But it all happens in a very short time period, which for Mm -hmm. somehow for me is way more acceptable. But this is happening, you know, many years after the war. And so to go back and be like, no, you actually died back in the war really didn't do it for me, because mm-hmm. everything else was way more interesting. Like, hey, there's a drug that messed you guys up. And you, you know, you killed each other, like you solve that mystery, like you figure, you know, that was what that was what we were trying to, you know, that was the first mysteries, is what actually happened that day. And the second mystery is like, okay, what's going on with your brain? And how are you gonna fix it? Are you gonna end up in an asylum or what, you know, and so solving the second mystery and having it be that you're dead takes away everything else. And, and I, I don't know what the, what the best ending would have been, but it just felt like, you know, you, you just erased the importance of everything else that you just tried to accomplish. Like you, you, you know, the, if if it's all a dream sequence, then what's the point of having government agents trying to hide up hide a drug yeah. thing? You know, I don't because... think it's technically a dream, though. Well, Sorry to interrupt you, you, but what do you mean? I mean that I
1: think there's a suggestion that he is alive, and he is. I mean, you ha- you almost have to take time out of it, in a sense that you know we linear time or or you know like. A day in his dream, in his little New York dream world isn't a day, you know, that maybe that's a, a second or a minute in, in his body when he's on the battle or wherever he is in the hospital dying. He's not yet dead when this is taking, when this is taking place. That's, that's what I take from
0: it. So you don't think that's a dream? So then it's a dream if he's not yet dead. (laughs)
1: Because, because he's not, because he's too too accurate. It's too accurate
0: accurate we don't know if it's accurate do you mean he's dreaming about
1: this thing that he that he should he should have no knowledge of what happened to him he should just die and be confused
0: for all eternity but we don't know how accurate any of that shit is he's an unreliable narrator yeah but you don't think any of it's so you
1: don't think the actual drug administered to that unit no, I I think maybe that's but that's what I'm saying is but, they're
2: taking away everything else that was seeming important by saying it's a dream sequence or a, a, you know that they're taking away all the importance of that
1: or I, you could say that relationship that woman didn't happen I mean
0: yeah. right and care about chip I think I think something it was missing so um, the the parallels between this and and the. Short story occur, occurrence at Owl Creek, Creek Bridge, you know? Yeah, you know, that, I remember, you remember reading that, that one. Yeah. And there's a Twilight Zone episode, uh, an adaptation of that short story. And so this, this what this, so here, here's the thing about the ending that bothers me. It's like no one ever talks about, um, you know, they say when, you, when you're dying, like your, your whole life flashes before your eyes, right? Like your, your whole life. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is his whole future life mm-hmm. flashing before his eyes which isn't really uh, not exclusively, but mostly. Yeah. It's not really something that, what am I trying to say? Like it suffers from not having an explanation of some kind, I guess. And what I'm saying, not an explanation, but like, I just kept, Thinking of this as a Twilight Zone episode, if if Rod Serling would have came on at the end and said, you know, for most people while they lay dying, they they see their whole, you know, <laughs> life up until that point flash by, but for Jacob, you know, blah blah blah, for him it was his whole future flash before his eyes, and you know, ugh, how sad. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> so
2: like it that actually works. <laughs> yeah. So like
0: it it it, it um. It's it's sort of breaking a it's breaking a cliche or or, or, or you know it's it's going against a cliche this whole your whole life flash memory right? but it's in, done in a way that you're like well we are not we that's not the way it works or that's not the way we have been brought up to believe it works given every movie TV show you know that we've seen every every anecdote we've heard every story been passed on you know like so without having a a, a qualifier of some kind it feels. Like, uh, not a mistake, but just kind of like an... I don't know. I'm I, 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 I having a hard time expressing uh, yeah. what I mean. Well, uh, let's, let's compare it to Ghost, which he also right. wrote. The writer wrote, yeah. The writer, yeah. Uh, Bruce Joel
1: Rubin. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, that's more about the audience understanding what's happening Right. when you die. And, and sure. there are very clear rules.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's far um, more straightforward, too. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. straightforward.
1: Um, but it's dealing with the same kind of uh, issue. No, nah, not the same. But, I mean, there's similar aspects to it as far as, you know, the afterlife or how how you interact with the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have any experience with the afterlife. I mean, I don't, personally.
2: We just um, saw a movie all about the afterlife called Beetlejuice. Yeah, so we're, so really, we're pretty much experts. Yeah. yeah. All right, fair I enough. That. <laughs> I was one of New York's... Leading paranormal researchers, <laughs> paranormal researchers. <laughs> yeah, before becoming a podcaster. <laughs> Kudos!
1: It's a nice feather in your cap.
2: <laughs> anyway, what were you saying?
1: Well, just that it's kind of it. it you have you can't really take this at face value. So if you don't, if you, um, if you're someone who doesn't like confusion in your movies, you're not gonna like this. <laughs> you know, or you're gonna be like, yeah, that. So he was just dead right he just died
2: but that's the whole thing confusion is fine it's just when you when you when you because that's the whole thing as an audience we're trying to solve it the whole time and then you you pull the carpet underneath and say sorry it's not really a puzzle like okay the, for two hours we were trying to solve the puzzle and at the very end we're told sorry it's not a puzzle
1: but it but it kind of is be i mean it's not you're right not not in a uh, not in the sense that you would like not not in a logical sort of um yeah, doesn't fit together that at all, but the end when he sees his dead son and he climbs those stairs, that's the moment of closure for him, so I would argue that that is his his struggle with you know his his want his, his clinging to life. However long, whatever has happened, whatever actually happened in the real world for him and his soul or head or whatever, he's, he's still figuring out what the heck is happening. And
0: he needed that closure in order to move on. I guess, you know, I, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. And also if you look at it, not as a dream and don't think of it as like a, a deathbed flash for your whole future right. life, fast for guys, but think of it as a literal purgatory. Yeah. Where he's, like, figuring out his, you know, how to come to terms with the death of his son mm-hmm. as he himself is dying. Yeah, he's making to, sense of it. Mm-hmm. T- yeah, that, like, then it all sort of, sort of comes together a little bit better for me, I think.
2: I totally agree with that, but I, that's why I think the time frame should be compressed, So that we can accept that. Like, I feel like if he had a tattoo on his arm that said 28 days, 6 hours, 42 minutes and 12 seconds, we'd been like, okay, we get it. During this one month after he died, he's in purgatory figuring it out. But when Mm -hmm. it seems like it's so many years later, I feel like that we're not given enough clues that he's really... I mean, it's only four years.
0: Is that that many years later?
2: Yeah, but it seems like he had three and a half years that were good. And then all of a sudden, during the last year, he starts seeing ghosts and Mm -hmm. creatures and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not, we don't have a sense that he's truly in purgatory when, you know, and to have that change and to have his other people, you know, have the change. It it just, like I said, it's, I like that idea. Like, hey, you're in purgatory. You got to figure it out. Like, where you're going to go next, how you're going to accept, you know, you haven't accepted your son's death. How are you going to accept that? How are you going to accept your own death? And if, so if we were let in on that as, as like little clues that this is where it was leading instead of, like I said, the carpet yanked out from under you, it's, it's different. I think, I think there was an effective way to do it. I just don't feel like it did it. And I but I thought it was really effective in building up to it. You know, and that I like how he's slowly losing his mind. I like, I like the, I like how scary the imagery is and, and how other people, you know, once, as soon as someone else, you know, verifies that they too, you know, are having the nightmares, like then all of a sudden you're like, okay, it's not just him going crazy. Or if it is, it's other people too. Like it's something, it's something more than just a mind game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so as soon as it starts doing that, you're like, okay, Where's it going next? And, and that's the problem I had is it took all that away because I was really excited to figure out where it was going next. Hmm. That's fair. Yeah, And I don't know why they don't make every movie just for me. Um, <laughs> this, is, this has been an issue for many years now, yeah. uh, despite complaints. I, I know yeah. the feeling. You yeah. had that
1: last one, now you're just spoiled, huh? <laughs> right. It's,
0: I yeah. will say that uh, as, as a general rule, I'm very annoyed by um sort of it was all a dream kind of explanations. Um, even in, in, in I find it particularly annoying in sort of fantasy movies that involve children. And <laughs> the, the the most egregious version of that is Pan's Labyrinth, which irritated which, the shit out of me. And I actually really like <laughs> I know. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. It's just this is just me, you know, like I I and I think Road to Terabithia is, is is a close second in terms of like are you fucking serious kind of thing you know yeah. like none of it was real it's just children dreaming de- dealing with trauma like yeah. all right like one time for me one time someone can get away with that one it work, movie it works gets a, pass. As a book
1: honestly I've
0: yeah but any anything after book. that I'm just like holy shit no lame mm mm
2: did you anyway. see a monster calls <laughs> uh oh that sounds familiar what is that the- the boy who encounters an ancient tree monster like, no ooh, ooh, oh monster. no no I know what you're talking about I never saw it Not That okay. okay and I still haven't Same watched I Kill Giants um, which I'm curious about so I like the idea of creating a fantasy story as a way of coping yeah. as long as y- you know yeah. like the Babadook it, it, you know yeah it's it just yeah, depends like what you Babadook's do it's a little okay. different though. Yeah, I I well, I think a monster calls is too. at least it's, it's it, it works well the way I think that one. <laughs> I mean the you know, the
0: only was. I think you know the uh the thing the thing that separates like for example, The Sixth Sense from Jacob's Ladder is that in The Sixth Sense none of it's a fucking dream. Right. None of it didn't happen It all. Absolutely did happen. Mm-hmm. Which makes it fucking awesome that's it's why the that's why the twist is yeah. yeah exactly that's why the twist is so good, and there were clues the whole time, yeah, yeah. as he you know sort of revisits all those clues, you're like, holy shit mhm yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: the only time so the only the only instance I can recall where it was all a dream really worked great is in a a comedy setting which was um in new heart. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys, uh, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? The final, I don't remember final that the end. Of, so yeah. yeah, so the it's the final episode. episode of Newhart, where you know he, because uh, Bob Newhart had a couple of sitcoms over the years, and so in the latest one, which was probably in the 80s, <laughs> you know it ends and he wakes up next to the wife he had in the previous sitcom at the end of the episode, at the end of the series. And he says, "I just had the craziest dream, you know, that I owned a hotel." <laughs> And she's like, whatever, Bob, go to sleep. And then it's like, it's over. It, it, it was just really funny. You know, it was like yeah. tongue in cheek and it was, it was clever. And anyway. Uh, yeah. And the, the but, stakes aren't as high because you have, right, you've, right, you've well, already invested, right. you know, hours of right. your life in this sitcom. So it's not but, like. Yeah. That's, you know. that's one of the few times where you're like, okay, that was fucking pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: okay. I mean, these are all valid points. And I, and I, like I said, I was been, I would have been struggling with this, the whole time I watched the movie and then I saw the end again and, you know, felt a little different about it the second time. Um, but I still think we're, we're down or not. We're just downplaying the, the other interpretations or the other things that are happening. Like he's a postal worker. I mean, in, in real life, he never gets the chance to be a postal worker. He never, he, he gets all these degrees but he doesn't do anything with him. He he's like on this quest, this meaning of life stuff. I guess I mean, right? Doesn't he go to? They, you know, they make reference to him going to school and mm-hmm. for, for, and does nothing with him. Um, you know, so I mean, if you compress that down to, you know, whatever is in his head or his soul or whatever that he's, you know, that. I don't know. I, I know I'm trying to make it work. I'm desperately trying to make it work. <laughs> and it, and the reason I am is because it didn't feel, at least this time, it didn't feel as pointless as it did the, fir- the first time around. But again, yeah. the first time around, I just thought it was creepy and weird yeah. and interesting and it stuck I with think,
0: me. I think if you don't delve so deeply into it, it all works quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what i was saying is before, like, I I don't really... I don't know why it doesn't resonate with me exactly, because everything about it is well done. Everyone in it's good. The performance is great. It's well made. The imagery is effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing glaringly bad about it. There's nothing bad about it at all, really. Danny Aiello is good. There's a lot of yeah. good people like, in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it hits all these beats that, that work. They come together pretty well. It's just, I don't know, for some reason, just like not into it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you should
1: force it. I don't. I, I'm sure there are some people. If you're someone listening to this podcast and you've seen this like five, ten times, and you really like this movie, I would love to hear a rebuttal, you know, to these points because <laughs> because I feel like I'm I'm letting us letting the side down if I'm on the side of the people that love this movie. And I, I, for argument's sake, I, let's let's say I am. I I feel like I'm not I'm not explaining myself well enough to to give it a, a fair shake. But at the same time who the hell cares i mean this is this is a movie this is why we watch movies we we like what we like and we don't like other things and and that's that's the beauty of it i i read somewhere that someone was like i wish it had been a little more ambiguous and yeah. i would agree with that too like if if we hadn't been so clearly brought back to his death scene his actual death scene you know what i mean yeah if we if it had been a little more open ended like Did Mm -hmm. he die? Did this all happen before? Did he, did his soul pass on in some way to, or did that other stuff actually happen in some way? Or like if we were, if we were left to decide for ourselves, I think that would have been better because it's too concrete that, that we go, okay, all this was just to get us back to where we started. Now, at least we know why he, he died, but he did die and we know it, you know, it's too definitive. Almost for for this movie, which with with so much mm. confusion to have such a concrete ending feels like a missed opportunity hmm, like an inception type ending sure oh yeah, you know it sure. seems to be perfect, but at the end its just that little nagging question
0: mm-hmm don't always
1: mm. like those those endings, but for this movie, I think it would be appropriate yeah,
0: I don't disagree. Well well well.
2: That could have worked uh, too. Uh
0: if you would like to uh point counterpoint point rebuttal, anything we're saying, you can email us at the 3 brains at gmail dot com and I promise we will reply and we will mention it on the next episode. Well, <laughs> you can be famous almost, in almost tens, of like <laughs> tens of people. Tens of people
1: Yes, no, we love we love to hear from people that especially if they have uh strong opinions or comments or anything
0: really we love but, strong mm-hmm. opinions yeah what'd you guys think of tim robbins i thought he was great yeah i really do. like tim robbins I, I is this only our be... second
1: movie we've done or or is well, it third?
0: He's, in, he's in howard the duck howard the duck right which he
1: wasn't particularly good in right. he was over the top we i mean yeah. it's been a while since we reviewed that movie but that's i think a good we point. kind of I panned I suppose, yeah yeah i yeah, guess he true. was he was a little he was trying to do
0: jim carrey Mm, I, b- yeah, I believe you yeah. said, yeah. Yeah, that that sounds like something I'd say. <laughs> but he also but, said, but he, he was, in general, yeah. I think I think Tim Robbins is a really great actor. I find him terribly interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. He can be quiet. He can be. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, there's some things with his facial expression. Like there were moments in this movie where he just had to do just a little look, or mm-hmm. the way his oh, yeah. face was working. You know, was was interesting.
2: Yeah, I thought his his going from like happy to confusion to terror um <laughs> like at the party and all that was was just perfect like yeah it, yeah i when i watched this and i watched him i was like that's like kind of reminded i was like yeah he's a really good actor who never seemed to hit that like super fame like he's famous or whatever but you know never got to that highest level even though he's yeah really solid yeah and then when i saw that that they wanted you know that the director initially wanted tom hanks to do it i was like you know tom hanks is really good and in the in 1990 wasn't known for doing anything like this but i don't see him pulling it off Mm. the same way tom hanks yeah Mm. i think i might disagree with that I'm not saying he couldn't do it. Well, I just but think would he that be, would because the at be? the time we're so used to him being a comedian before he got his string of uh, Oscars that I, I think it would have been maybe a little harder to accept.
1: <laughs> he doesn't like it. Maybe. <laughs> well, so he did Bonfire yeah. of the Vanities instead, right. right? So he was he was trying to branch out too.
0: Yeah, a, a bit. I don't know.
1: I I, guess. But from I mean, a casting what year, perspective, what year did don't
0: you, Big come out? Like eighty-eight, I think. Eighty-eight, and then so, yeah. I mean, Big. So he would have gone from
2: Big to this.
0: Big, Big was a a big uh, deal for Tom Hanks as an actor. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like that was really the first time he ever did anything dramatic, other than being the abusive uncle on Family Ties. Um, the <laughs> alcoholic abusive uncle. Who, That's right. Who punches like <laughs> P. Keaton? I forgot. Or uh, Alex P. Keaton. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, big and and, and to a certain extent, punchline. What he did after that, I think. But big. Mm. I think big was a turning point. You know, Bonfire of the Vanities was kind of a, dr- a straight drama. League of Their Own. He was comedy, but a little bit of drama. And Sleepless in Seattle, I guess. But and then you know, three. It, I guess. It, it wasn't until Philadelphia when he was, like, Oscar-winning actor. Yeah, so I suppose. I just, I, so maybe I just, I I think I might be agreeing with you, I suppose. I just, I can. To- <laughs> but, but I'm not going to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a good fucking yeah. actor. Tom Hanks is he such is. an incredible actor. Oh, no and, doubt. And, and, like, the things he's done since then are mind-boggling to me in some sometimes. Like, I, I always come back to... um the the one with the boat uh, the, the pirate Castaway no 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 not no, Captain Phillips Captain Phillips oh yeah like the ending of that movie it's like the best performance I've ever seen by a fucking human when he's going through his whole like shock and sort of whatever I anyway see it again. so what I think about it it's worth it just to see his performance at the end yeah when everything's you know the dust is starting to settle and he finally like the adrenaline runs out and like the reality of it all hits him, and he just like he's completely debilitated. He can hardly speak, you know. Yeah, it's amazing. It blows my mind. He's so good.
1: I I think we're talking about casting here, though, because yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Tim I just I got, to, is, I got a bit on a tangent, <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I don't think it's. I'm, I'm, what's what I'm saying. I'm qualifying it because Tom Tom Hanks could give the the right performance, but I, sure. I still don't think he's a. He would be. I think still think he'd be miscast in this role. Yeah. Compared to Maybe. Tim Robbins,
0: I like I like the way Tim Robbins. I do did, too. Did did it? I thought his performance was quite good. I like him in everything he does, mostly except for Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: the, yeah, and there's some some big names in here that I guess um, Eric LaSalle, we already knew by then, and, mm-hmm. and v- Ving Rhames hadn't actually caught on yet. I think he was he. Yeah, the beginning so. of his
0: career yeah um it's pre-public I mean, eric, fiction, had, had eric osall done much besides coming to america uh he was an er you know the tv show At,
2: was, i know but was that that that's was, that was after. before i think it was no er was 1994 you kidding yeah that's i thought it was no. after yeah holy yeah. crap so yeah he was just soul glow sorry he was soul Soul. glow absolutely i mean he
0: (laughs) the guy was soul glow. he will always be soul glow (laughs) yeah living
1: off his father's invention damn it yeah um i mean i don't even know I i didn't do a lot of research on double ups but is there anybody else we have to mention
2: we already mentioned jason alexander yeah uh it was not a double up, but. Interesting to see him. Yes.
1: Early appearance. Um, I thought it was very interesting that it said after Deadly Friend was filmed by Wes Craven in 86, <laughs> that his screenplays were, were picked up. I know. I know. What Deadly Friend is fucking
0: terrible. It's, it's on my the... list, by the way. Oh, man. Cause I, I have... watched the trailer for it at, at, when I read the... that yeah does the trailer show the basketball in the face scene it does
1: not show the basketball no oh no.
0: ranks up there with scanners for best head explosion uh <laughs> scene in a in a horror movie no it just it just
1: shows it in the creepy <laughs> deadly friends you know? sucks it is a terrible um, movie what's her name it's uh the buffy christy swanson christy swanson is a robot yeah. <laughs> deadly
0: robot next door yeah yeah, so why would like, that?
1: Why would Paramount go? Oh wow, I we did know, that. So... Maybe
0: maybe Deadly Friend made a like some good money at the box office. I don't know. I can't imagine that. It seems incredible.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: or maybe just because Wes Craven, at the time, Wes Craven. This is coming off of what Nightmare on Elm Street and what the hell else did he do early on that kind of like made him sort of the horror maestro. So maybe just the fact that he directed a film that that guy wrote was enough. They're like, oh, well, Wes Craven made Deadly Friends, so this guy okay. has got something. That could no, have been a, that's a guess.
2: I don't know. It was a box office bomb. It had to have been deadly so bad. <laughs> it didn't make back its budget. <laughs> Which probably wasn't very big. Its budget was $11 million. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. $11 million for that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a Chrissy robot. Swanson.
0: Gotta pay her. <laughs> also the mom from the Goonies.
2: Oh, there you go. Uh, some years ago I saw a documentary about, um, script writing and they had, they were talking about ghost and mm-hmm. how, when you have that moment of, uh, you know, the, the, when you realize what the concept can become mm-hmm. and how, how exciting it was and, and, and how easy it was to sell that it took no effort because. Because once he had that idea he was it just wrote itself and and it was, he was so excited about it that he could get everyone else excited about it mm.
0: hmm.
2: yeah, I mean
1: he well i don't yeah, it's just so weird that it it went from paramount to Coralco pictures mm-hmm. and they gave him final cut and creative control, so the stuff that we're bitching about, I wonder. Would it have been? I, I I would guess it would have been a bigger box office success if Paramount put it out and and you know tweaked the ending probably, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. But I don't think it would have been made it a better movie. At hmm. least I mean, not my in my opinion. What Rotten Tomatoes is inter- interesting because it's the audience is like eighty four percent and the critics is low seventy two lower seventy two percent. So critics didn't love it. But audiences still like it. It's more of a cult film now. Um, And for me, it's interesting because I generally prefer movies that are liked more by critics and audience. But this one's the other way around. Mm -hmm. So
0: make of that what you will. We have another double up. Uh, Brent Hinckley was in Falling Down. Ooh, He uh, played Jerry in this. Was he... The, he was like um, one of the. I think he was one of the soldiers. Oh, yeah. just just one of them. Okay. I think he was one of the guys in his unit. I think. Okay. I think. There weren't. Yeah.
1: Weren't that many. Um, hmm. I mean, it's it made its money, but just barely. But it also, like, the first weekend, it did. It was the number one movie, in the so like the number one box office movie for that weekend. And then it kind of tapered off. It didn't have a good second weekend and so on. Which I think is interesting because this is one of those movies that would be word of mouth type, like, oh, this is really, this is crazy movie, you know. But I'm sure plenty of people spoiled it like we are doing now. But, you know, if you told you, like, yeah, I really liked it. The ending, I didn't like that. Oh, what was the ending? You know, and then you talk about it less people are going to go see that movie after that. If they know the, the secret, you know? Yeah. That's, that's my best guess for why it did well the first time around and then didn't do as well. Do you remember when six cents came out and they were like, can you guess the twist? Yeah. Okay. I remember seeing those trailers and being really annoyed by that. And also thankful, <laughs> yeah. thankful that I'd already seen it. <laughs> if I hadn't seen it, I would have been uh, livid. <laughs> because if if you if you go into the movie going can you guess the twist and then you obviously are going to guess it you you've ruined that experience i mean that's i know i'm a, yes. i'm a nutty uh, fastidious purist in this regard i uh, i'm stupid about it i won't even look at the screen when this trailers that i i'm at the movie theater and i'm not looking at the screen so i cannot see some images from this movie i want to see i don't know i'm i'm weird that way but if if half a movie like a Sixth Sense or something, if half the movie is basically the twist, and you give that away to audiences before they even go, what's the damn point? Right. right. Yeah. Sure. And that's that's carried with me because I'll still want to see if it's a movie I want to see. I want to see it quick. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to hear about it until I've seen it.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway. I, I, I may have mentioned this in the podcast before, but it's, it all goes back to my pre- presumed innocent experience, which which was uh, ruined for me by my loving parents when I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> the quote was, I can't believe that she, that she actually was the killer, you know? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I didn't Thanks. see it coming. I was like, we were like halfway in too. We weren't even like, if it was in the first five minutes, I'd been like, okay, well, I guess I'm not watching this movie.
0: But we were like halfway through it. <laughs> I actually don't think I've ever seen Presumed Innocent.
1: It's a really good movie. It's yeah. a very good movie. It's if it's a it's a crime procedural, a lot of courtroom stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raúl, uh, what's his name? Raúl Julio. Raúl. Julia. Julia. Raúl Julia mm-hmm. is is excellent. Harrison Ford's good. Obviously, Brian Dennehy. But. But it is very much about the ending. Very much about, and I'm sorry if you've never seen it, and I'm just told you, but it's all right. you don't, don't know care. who which which she I'm talking about, so <laughs> don't don't read into it. But it's all, right. it's all about the ending. Yeah, the ending was the shock
2: value. I mean, that's the, the guy that
0: he's thing. Alan Pakula's guy who directed Sophie's Choice that has like the most gut wrenching like reveal ever. Yeah. Yes. It's a, it's hard. Th- I mean, if you if you Put
1: everything on in that basket then you know you're risking sure. uh, spoiling the the movie for some yeah. people i don't know anyway this this is this is the same kind of movie if someone told you how it ends like we're doing now <laughs> apologies <laughs> it, it takes something <laughs> away so yeah yeah that's true but it's you know it's been 33 years or something so i think uh I think you've had your
0: chance. Yeah. It's your own fault. It's your own fault at this point. We're victim-blaming. <laughs> As <laughs> we do all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: So, Adrian Lin, I mean, if Silent Hill copied this a little bit, I mean, there must be something in the, in his his style. I mean, it's, not, it's practical effects, right? It's not... Yeah, all of it. The yeah. Camera stuff, and I, that party was i think the most effective like because that made me not want to go to a party ever you know <laughs> yeah like the noise and the confusion and then people talking to me has no idea what's going on and goes to the fridge and there's a cow skull or something i don't
0: know what's going on yeah this, uh you know when i was watching i kept thinking i wonder, i wonder um I wonder what it would have been like if david cronenberg would have made it because this feels very cronenbergish oh yeah it does. does cronenberg-esque and i'm sure it would have got a lot weirder and i'm sure the body horror would have been a lot crazier but i don't know i mean i think adrian lynn is a good filmmaker he's made a, he's made a lot of good movies um or he's made a couple of good movies sorry uh like i like flash dance flash dance and um Indecent really proposals okay. Fa- fa- eh, Fatal right. Attraction. Fatal Attraction is good. Yeah. Yeah. Fatal Attraction is good movie. So this is definitely a little a little bit different than you know his other stuff. Hmm. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just more a curiosity. I don't. I don't have any complaints about his directorial style. I mean the the whole like the 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 faces moving quickly It was all him from what I understand. Like it was written as more like traditional demonic imagery, and he was like, he's like, yeah. nah you know I want to do yeah. this thing and I thought it was very effective
1: I agree I feel like he did very well with the material he was given yeah not yeah it's hard to like put too many specifics on it but just the feel of it the the sound design is pretty good you know mm-hmm. the, the, the creepy apparently he did specifically make that wheel uneven in the on the cart when he's mm. when he's mm. uh, wheeled in after he's yeah was that after he had like 105 temperature or something? Or was that... That was different. Because he went... Mm-hmm, I, don't I don't know. know he ends up in a hospital and there, there's blood yeah. all everywhere. His body parts on oh, the floor. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. And there's this weird cart that's... Yeah. It's a skimming... Or uh, slipping through the the gore on the floor. I and mean, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's just effective. Gore on the floor. Gore on the floor. I like that. It's got
0: a nice ring to it. You can have that. (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write something. Yeah, (laughs) called Gore on the
1: Floor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, I just, I also like to point out that while I realize that Jacob's Ladder is a biblical reference, I have no idea what it actually means. It is a bridge from Earth to Heaven. It's from, I mean, I know uh, that. Genesis, I, guess I, yeah.
1: I guess I knew that, but I don't know. I thought there was more to it. There is, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's important. I don't think any part of it is important except for that. really relevant.
0: Not really. But it is a bit of a clue.
1: It is. Yes. To the
0: film, sure. If you know, I guess. I never. I guess I never. Really, I wasn't even thinking about that at all when I was watching it. I think that's a plus because if he could have hammered
1: it too much. Yeah. You know, I think it was more important at the end. And I, I, it's like, I like, I I don't know. Could the movie have just ended with him walking up the stairs? Sure. In the light, you know, the, we didn't have to go back to Vietnam.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And the studio didn't make him do that. So that was his choice. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Psychic reads his palm and tells him he's already dead and. You know, there's, yeah, there's very clear references to death all the way through. Yeah. But we're not supposed to think, oh, yeah, he's, that's, that's the answer. That's, because it's not just that, I don't think. And in my head, in my memory of it, I was like, oh, is it, isn't it Agent Orange? Because, you know, that was the big thing. Yeah. And it's similar, but it's not. It's, uh, yeah. It's even worse than Agent Orange. What about that? I mean, so the first, th- the scene with him in New York is in the subway, and he's lost and lost, but he can't get out. Yeah, was that? I and mean, that's another station. What was that?
0: What's the station that you that's always used in movies? Oh, well, usually it's it's uh, Hoyt Skimmerhorn in Brooklyn, because there's f- like four platforms, but the outer ones are in dis- are not in use. And is Bergen an actual stop? Bergen mm-hmm. is, yeah. Bergen is. It's in Carroll Gardens. It's off the F&G line. Uh, I didn't realize there was a, a, like an unused station below the one they use. I didn't know that until reading about this movie.
1: Hmm.
0: It was surprising because when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, that's got to be Hoyt and Skimmerhorn because like everything in New York it has to show subways in in uh, Hoyt and Skimmerhorn from like the bad music video to yeah. the Pelham. remake of Pelham One Two Three, like. 3. Yeah. Um, they always use hoydzki so i i was surprised to find it that out i didn't know that so
1: they just ha- it just happened to be closed and they could shoot there
0: well no there was a, a disused they... station below the one they use
1: oh it, okay so it wasn't the the actual station that's no, in use no. now okay
0: no they had to uh, they had to sort of refurbish the the abandoned one that's below it
1: that's crazy yeah yeah i love tunnels like that i mean chicago has made the mistake of making tiny <laughs> underground tunnels that was actually used for boot bootlegging mm. in the Al Capone days. So mm-hmm. that's why we have the elevated train because we couldn't use them. They were, they didn't build very good tunnels about down there, even if they were, I think that's the story. I don't know, whatever, but it's dumb. It's like, we don't have an actual subway
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb. It's dumb. Well, you got the L, but the it's L. just, it's not sub. It's
1: just, it's noisier and it's it's elevated. It's more, it's more a part of the city, I guess.
0: Yeah. But it's clean and it's reliable. Mostly. <laughs> well, Although we just had um, a NASCAR... Oh, you're being facetious, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just comparing it to New York, which oh, okay. is okay. sometimes reliable, never clean. <laughs> this is
1: apropos of nothing, but did you guys know they just had a NASCAR race in downtown Chicago last weekend? What? It's insane. Really? They shut down... Yeah, They they made a street course right down... Town and the lake and Lakeshore Drive, shut down the city, so they could have NASCAR shenanigans. You know, it's it, it's just bizarre. I, I I don't know why I'm bringing it up. That's but odd. That sounds like odd. um. <laughs> what's the race they do in Monaco? That sounds like that. Like the uh... well, but Monaco is kind of a tradition. Yeah, Monaco is right in the streets. Right, um, but it's also not NASCAR. It's it's F one. It's a of the one race. It's a, yeah, it's a classic race, but, hmm. but yeah, they have, they have like, you know, billionaires on yachts that come to watch that race. I mean, yeah, I don't know what they're trying to go for with bringing it to Chicago, but uh, NASCAR is, nobody that... goes to Chicago downtown anymore. It's kind of true, but I mean, it's I don't think that's t- the way to get them back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think at some point we were talking about Jacob's Ladder. Were we? Yeah. Hmm. Is that a movie? Um, one little <laughs> follow-up. Yeah. Uh, in 2003, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affair- Affairs uh, released a pamphlet that admitted that it experimented on uh, nearly 7,000 soldiers with, with more than 250 chemicals, including no. hallucinogens such as LSD and PCP, as well as biological and chemical agents. From 1950 to 1975, they, a lot of the experiments took place at uh, Edgewood Arsenal in Maryland.
1: Hmm.
2: so kind of interesting because when that movie's made the conclusion is that they deny that they did anything and hmm. then 13 years later they admit it
1: <laughs> hmm. yeah
2: anyway want to know what we're doing next yes
1: Yeah, I was just thinking of any anything else we had to cover but Obviously, if you're a kid, you, you you don't want to watch this until you get older. I think that's right. all. I need to say.
2: <laughs> yes, um, I'm sticking with Vietnam. Ooh, oh. interesting. Well, well, well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that
1: the hint? That is the hint. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, um, a- is it House?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a
2: really good guess. <laughs> But that would be
0: it. that would be appropriate because th- I'm pretty sure that is on my list. Even though I already picked a movie called House, I think the other one that Sean is <laughs> mentioning is also on my list. Say your prayers, Roger. <laughs> All
2: right. So what else? Okay, is we're going with the music by John Williams. Is it 1941? Oh, no, it's
1: Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, it is. Oh. I didn't know yeah, John Williams did
2: Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, 1941 would be hard to be Vietnam at the same yeah. time. Oh, wait. That's World War II. <laughs> stupid <laughs> stupid
0: Yeah, I think I had uh, that soundtrack. Did you have that one? Sometimes I, I, forget, yeah, you, that, I, sometimes I forget that John Williams does <laughs> scores for other people besides Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: you did. A couple.
0: Yeah. Huh. That's not our... Is that our... Oh, no. We did The Firm. I was going to say that's not our first Tom Cruise movie.
1: Interesting. it's our first Oliver Stone another movie. First Oliver Stone and mm. another non-action Tom Cruise.
2: Yeah. Well, it's on uh, Netflix right now, which is one of the reasons why I picked it, because I saw it advertised the other day. And I was watching <laughs> the advertisement, you know, the little it thing works. that they put up, and I was like, I don't remember this movie at all. I saw it in the theater, I think with you, Sean, Um and i don't remember ever seeing it since <laughs>
0: Hmm.
2: maybe i didn't see it with you i don't remember no. going to the theater but oh, i definitely maybe, saw it in maybe. the theater december 20th 1989 come 89. on christmas break <laughs> what
0: else
1: have we I'll
2: been be, doing yeah what that's else be doing? yeah All oh right. wait a minute christmas break oh yeah 89 okay I don't know. I saw it at the theater, though. That's all I remember, and I have not seen it since. It's like
1: sophomores or something. I don't know. Cool. That's a cool pick. I like that. Nice Mm. tie-in. Yeah. You must have been planning that for days.
2: Months. (laughs) This might be our first Willem Dafoe, too. (sighs) Hmm. Wait. Willem Dafoe
0: wasn't born on the 4th of July? Yeah, he is. I guess I haven't seen it in a while. I don't remember very well.
1: It's more drama.
2: Cool. All right. Yeah. That should be fun. That's enough movie buff. Oh, wait. Before I'm out, I think this (laughs) has been our best review yet. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean... It took us a long time to work in car racing through major cities <laughs> into, without actually having a single car race in the movie. Yeah. So I'm pretty glad we did that.
1: Yeah, that's important information for our listeners. It is. Yeah.
2: It's critical. Yeah. I think back when we did Some Twins, text. we kind of mentioned that it was coming. <laughs> we did Twins. <laughs> back when we did Twins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Episode number one for our... Uh, yeah. Our new uh, joiners. <laughs> yeah, you know
1: those hundred-plus episode payoffs are really, you know, <laughs> underrated. Very underused.
0: Patient. Very patient. <laughs> Playing the long
2: game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's yeah. enough. We about time out. All right.
1: Yeah.
0: See you all uh, next time.
1: Thanks for listening. For born on the fourth of July, even though it's already passed. It's the film with your brains. Big gulp say, eh? well, see you later.